What do classroom procedures and the seed have in common? I'm going to share how teaching kindergarten classroom procedures the right way is a lot like getting this seed to grow into this plant. But more on that later. Hey, teacher bestie. My name's Helena, and I'm the creator of the Present Teacher Podcast. I'm a first-year teacher coach, and in this podcast, you are going to learn everything from simple, actionable classroom management, social emotional learning, and teacher wellness strategies. You know that impact you want to make in the classroom? Well, we're going to make it happen here. Now, I know what you're thinking. What could seeds and teaching kindergarten classroom procedures possibly have in common? Well, you see, growing a seed is a lot like classroom procedures in many ways. Just as seeds require proper nurturing, planting, soil, water, and nutrition to grow, so do learners need in the classroom in order to have good habits and good behavior in the classroom. By laying the groundwork for routines, rules, and procedures, teachers provide the necessary structure for students to live and thrive and blossom academically and socially. Without any of the ingredients of sunlight, soil, and water, it will be nearly impossible for a seed to grow, and it's the same for our students in our classroom. You might be wondering, well, how do I get Well, that's what we're going to talk about, and so make sure to stick around. So the first step to teaching kindergarten classroom procedures the right way is to make sure that you model, aka the soil. You need to model what your procedures look like and sound like in the classroom in order for your plants to properly grow or for your students to understand what you're asking of them. For example, if I want to show my students to raise their hand as a procedure when I need them to share out or they have something to add, I'm going to model what that looks like and sounds like. So for example, I might pretend I'm teaching and say, good morning, kiddos. So this morning we are going to be talking about our first procedure, which is to raise our hand. Now, let's talk about raising our hand. I want you to pretend that we are in class and I have something to add. Now, what did that look like and sound like? And then we would start discussing what it looked like and sound like. You see, when I model for them that my mouth is shut, I'm waiting with my hand raised if that's the procedure I want, and I'm not blurting out and going like this, I'm showing them the proper way to do that procedure. Just like the soil or the groundwork for the plant, the same thing happens when we model. We are making sure our students understand what is expected of them by demonstrating. After you model what it looks like, sounds like, I would make sure that you discuss and write it down. When students learn with their five senses, they're more likely to remember that. So for example, I would be like, okay, what did it sound like when I raised my hand? We would have a discussion about how I was raising my hand at a level zero. And then we might talk about what did it look like? We could talk about how my feet were flat on the floor, my hand was raised, my voice was still, my hands were still, and I wasn't walking around the classroom. I might talk about then what I heard. I heard no noise whatsoever. But By engaging all the senses, we are really outlining what our expectations are for that procedure. So the first step to teaching kindergarten classroom procedures was to model, aka the soil for your seed. The next step is to create a visual or think of this as the sun. In kindergarten and those primary ages especially, it's really important to provide visuals to help remind our students and to help them learn. 
So going back to the hand raising example, after I have modeled what it looks like, sounds like, and I show them the proper technique, I'm then going to have a discussion with them about what it looks like, sounds like, feels like, listens like, or hears like, all of that. Because when you expose your students to different senses as they learn, they're more likely to remember it. So for example, if I were to go back to teaching, I would ask, okay, class, so what did it look like when I was raising my hand or when we were waiting for our turn to speak? We would then have a discussion about how my feet were flat on the floor, my voice was, or my mouth was closed, my hand was raised, and my body was still. And we could write that on a board or create a visual of some kind about that. Then we could talk about what it sounds like. So we could talk about how we didn't hear any noise because my body was still and my voice was silent. The more senses you can use while demonstrating this visual, the better. Like I said, the visual part is a lot like the sun. Without the sun, your seed is not going to grow. AKA your kids are not going to be able to remember your procedure and they're just going to do whatever they think is best or they may not follow your structure in a couple of days. After you've done step one, which is to model, which we can think of as the soil for our seed, step two, which is the visual, much like the sun that our seed needs to grow, we can now move on to step three. And step three is to practice, aka the water for our seed to grow. You know that saying, practice makes perfect? Well, it's the exact same when it comes to teaching our procedures in our classroom. After we have modeled what it looks like and we've created a visual and we've openly discussed it, it's now time for our students to show that they understand what we're asking of them by practicing what it looks like and sounds like. So this might look like, okay class, now that we know what we are expected to do when it comes to adding to a conversation or when we have something to add, I want you to talk to your partner or I want you to raise your hand if you can tell me your favorite color. And then you're going to have your kids practice and you can start pointing out the positives of what your kids are doing right. Ooh, I love how so-and-so was sitting crisscross applesauce and their body was silent. I can hear that their body was silent. I love how so-and-so is raising their hand to where I can see it at a level zero. I love how so-and-so is making sure that their mouth is quiet. All of these are really important. I like to lead with the positive, especially in class. But this water is really going to help your seeds grow strong and make help make sure your kids have mastery of the skill by practicing. Practice makes perfect. The same goes with water for our seed. You need to make sure you're continuously practicing or continuously watering your plant in order for mastery, aka the end of the goal or the whole purpose of this is to have our kids run our classroom smoothly and efficiently. The last thing I like to do is I like to add the why. And I like to think of this as the CO2 or the air that plants breathe. You see, when I was little, I was always that why kid. It wasn't that I was trying to be mean or many adults thought I was questioning their authority, but oftentimes I was just curious why things worked because when I understood why things worked, I was better, more able to understand why roles were the way they were and I was able to follow them better. So I found the more that I explain the rationale behind things, the more my kids understand and respect the decision. In fact, they typically come to the conclusion themselves. So for example, if we were to go back to this procedure, I might say, okay, now I want you to 
discuss why do you think it's important that we raise our hand when we have something to add? And typically this conversation would lead into because I don't want to interrupt, because I want to be kind to my friends, because someone might have something important to say, I want to wait my turn. All of these are really good points and your kids will, you know, have an open discussion. But when they are able to relate the procedure to the why, they're more likely to follow it. Another way to model this why or further dive into this why is to actually model the wrong way to do it. So I might say, okay, class, now I want you guys to pretend you're the teacher. So and so, please pretend you're the teacher and I'm going to pretend I have something to add. Teacher, teacher, teacher. And then you would have a discussion as to why we may not do that. So Having both the right way, modeling the right way and the wrong way and having an open discussion as to why we do things a certain way will really help your students further understand at a deeper level as to why things function the way they do. And as a side note, feel free to review these steps whenever you need and feel free to review your procedures as often as possible. I often review my procedures Whenever I notice that we're having a hard time with um, sticking with their procedures, so if I noticed a lot of my kids or a couple of my kids aren't following procedures, we will review it as a class without calling those kids out. And then also we will review whenever we come back from a break. Sometimes our little learners have a hard time adjusting back into the school year or back into school. So that's a great time to reintroduce or to review those procedures. And if something isn't working for you, feel free to adjust. Once you set a procedure, it doesn't have to be that way the whole year. Now, I'm not saying switch around and have different procedures or different way of doing things each month. But if you feel like a procedure that you set in place beforehand is not working to your liking, you can always go back and change as needed. Some good indications that it might be time to review with your kids is if you feel like you're having to repeat yourself a lot your kids aren't doing what's expected of them, this is a great indicator that maybe it's time to do a refresher on those procedures. The whole goal by the end of the year is to have your classroom running smoothly without you lifting a finger. And that's what we're accomplishing here. Overall, if you're having a hard time getting your kids to get in line quietly, blurting out, sitting at the carpet, ask yourself this question, did I thoroughly teach procedures? And if you didn't, that's okay. Always go back. You can always go back and reteach as needed. If you feel like you didn't teach the procedures as thoroughly as you would have liked, that's okay. Whether you're in the beginning of the year or the end of the year, take some time to go back and review and follow these steps on introducing or reintroducing the procedures the right way. I hope you found this helpful. If you did, and then I would love if you could subscribe to this channel so you can get more tips on teaching kindergarten and other primary levels. If you are new to teaching a primary grade level, I highly recommend you check out Ultimate Teacher Guide, where I walk through the top 10 primary teacher questions I get asked and the answers to them. I'll see you in the next one, teacher bestie. Bye! 
Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. I hope that you were able to take away some value that will help you thrive inside and out of the classroom. It would mean the world to me if you could take five seconds right now and leave a review on this podcast. And if you found this podcast especially helpful, make sure to take a screenshot of this episode right now and tag me on your socials to let me know you're listening. As always, remember that we are stronger together with all the love in the world, Helena, aka the present teacher. See you next time, teacher bestie.